Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to, to Our Odd, Odd Pod Podcast. A podcast dedicated to the odd, the macabre, and everything in between. Everything in between. You, I watched you sass me through that whole thing. <laughs> even though just earlier, <laughs> you said you really enjoyed it. I know, it is. It's my favorite part. I just wanted to give you a little sass early on in the episode i really get enough sass from you in our everyday life uh that's not true that is true i don't think that's true i remind you of like what you would do after you were like dying from covid dying is a melodramatic (laughs) way of saying that he didn't feel good for three days i felt horrible for three days okay and it was longer than three days and the sass you gave me afterwards was i had sass built up i needed to get it out I'm just kidding. I never sass. I was about sass. to leave you at a parking lot. I never sass you. First of all, we'll let the listeners decide. Do I seem like a sassy type? Because I don't think that's true. Oh, honey. Oh, honey. Just did it again. What do you mean? <laughs> that's not sass. All right, I'm leaving. They say that um, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. That's all that is. I'm just appreciating you by mimicking you. I want to be just like you because you're so cool. That's how I feel about that. Well, that sound I'm sure that sounds lovely. Oh, yours is worse. <laughs> That's how we drink cold brew around here. I already finished mine. I'm going to have to pee later. I was later. wondering why you <laughs> chose such a small cup. I don't know. I got things to do tomorrow That's that fair. I need to stay up for. So staying up late tonight is uh, probably a good idea. Yeah. Mm. <gasps> what? Sorry. You, you seem like you had something, like you just remembered that you had something to say. I was excited because we have a Montreal ball going, we're going to. Hell yeah. Uh, today is 2-22-2022. And we had tacos. For Taco Tuesday. Well, for it Taco was, two, two, two Tuesday. It was terrific. It was terrific, yes. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> terrific. You know? I worked for two hours today. Oh, wow. I slept for two hours today. No, I'm kidding. It was longer than that. Like four hours. Wow. <laughs> anyway. I ate two tacos. Oh, my God. I had two tacos, too. <gasps> amazing anyway anyway what's up what are we doing here uh we're talking about mandela effects right nope that yes i changed it i'm looking at it right now (laughs) that says you emailed me or like messaged me the google doc it's manana effect it's 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 like it's not spanish (laughs) you're not spanish mendea Mandela. I think it's just one L. I spelled it wrong in the title. <laughs> I think. Or did you? I don't know. Or maybe not. Who knows? Maybe that's a Mandela effect too. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, we're talking about Mandela effect today. Yeah, and uh, I'm very excited because one, I gave you this idea, so like, no credit to me, but like, <laughs> but like all credit because we probably wouldn't have an episode because I couldn't think of anything. Just keep them coming. I've been having like a dry spell, you know. Yeah, keep those suggestions coming. I'm sure people, someone has suggested something that I've forgotten. I think Carlos suggested Chupacabra. Chupacabra. Or maybe we just talked about it. I don't know. The old goat sucker. Sucks on goats. Is that all he does? Yeah, he drinks goat blood. Kinky. I'm just, here's a fun fact. I know somebody, okay, and... Uh, they mentioned there was something where there was like a chupacabra sighting nearby and they posted pictures like with their guns and everything on Facebook like they're about to go hunt They posted the pictures. <laughs> like they're about to go hunt a chupacabra. So that was fun. Anyway, uh, yeah, we'll be talking about the Mandela effect. I want to ask you what you know about it, but I feel like you're going to say some things that I'm going to talk about anyway. Well, I mean like there's like what? Bear stain and bear stain. Exactly. Bear stain, bear 100%, stain. 100%. Exactly. Uh, okay. Looney you can Tunes. stop now. Oh, okay. I can just do your episode for you real quick. <laughs> no, that's okay. 
Like, I want to ask you what you know about Mandela Effect, but I'm concerned you're going to say something that I'm going to talk about anyway. Immediately does exactly that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, well, quick, good. Let's, let's talk about let's it. Let's get into it. Let's jump right into it. Where does the Mandela Effect phrase when come from? When people use the phrase Mandela Effect, wow. they are referring to the situation in which a significant mass of people believe that an event occurred when, in fact, it did not. But, you know, we also talked about this in the, like, conspiracy episode of, like, when the world ended in 2012. Oh, yeah, we did. We, Just, like, very briefly, but we did talk about it. We touched on something, and then I, there's something I talk about later that I think I mentioned in another episode as well. Ooh, we love a recall. Um, so, obviously, we're going to look at the origin of Mandela Effect. We're yeah, going to look yeah. at a few well-known examples. Oh, my God, yes. And some potential explanations to lift the veil on this mysterious phenomenon. This podcast episode comes equipped with an outline. Wow. Hello, table of contents. Wait, which episode did I do that to? And you loved it. I don't remember. I think it was the conspiracy episode. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. So to begin with, the term Mandela effect was first used in 2009 by a lady named Fiona Broom. We talked about her. She created a website detailing her personal experience with the phenomenon. She claims to remember the tragedy of former South African president Nelson Mandela's death in a South African prison in the 1980s. I'm surprised that it's 2009 is the date. Yeah, that's weird, huh? Seems like it's been around longer than that. Right. Uh, there was one problem. Mandela, Nelson Mandela did not die in prison in the 1980s. In fact, on the contrary, he rather famously survived prison and did not pass away until 2013. It makes sense. Because in 2009, I would have been, that's post-Dark Light era, era. So I would have been out of middle school at that point. We're not reading the Bear Stain books anymore. I like that we um measure time in hymn albums. Sorry, my life started whenever Dark Light was released in the U.S. Mm -hmm. So everything is pre-Dark Light or post-Dark Light. Okay. So is that PDL and, oh, that'd both be PDL, wouldn't it? <laughs> Post pre DL and post DL. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and also, I don't. I might be incorrect in saying this, but I don't think Nelson Mandela was the president of South Africa until after he got out of prison. So it's weird that she would remember, you know. Yeah. So it must have been really weird. Like that dude's the president. I thought what? he died. Because <laughs> he's like an activist, right? Like a yeah. I really don't know all too much revolutionary about revolutionary kind Mandela. of guy. The strange thing is, the more Broom talked about these memories, the more people she encountered with the same memory of Mandela's death. Uh, others reported having seen news coverage of not only his death, but a speech from his widow. Obviously, like, well, so yeah. that's weird. Uh, she, I bet they remember like the funeral and everything. She attributed the disparity to the many worlds or multiverse interpretation of quantum mechanics. So brace yourself for science, kids. Oh, I love science. You see, when not directly observed, electrons and other subatomic particles diffract like waves. So only to, to behave like particles when a measurement is made. So essentially, it's kind of like these particles exist in multiple places simultaneously until directly observed. Okay? Yes, yes, yes. So a little Nobel Prize winning physicist you may or may not have heard of by the name of Erwin Schrodinger ah. explained the concept with his Schrodinger's cat Love thought experiment work. in 1935. Love his cat. In the experiment, a cat was placed in a box with a radioactive decay detector rigged to break a flask of poison when activated. A decaying particle existing as a wave would yield two simultaneous realities. And very quickly, this was a thought experiment, so I don't, no cats were actually murdered. Really? Okay. Because I've been worried for a long time. So in one reality, the cat is alive, and in one, the cat is dead. However, upon actual observation, the cat would obviously be either dead or alive, right? Right. So essentially, quantum superposition would collapse into actual reality once you observed whether the cat, like the cat in the box. Mm-hmm. Some quantum physicists, such as the late great Hugh Everett III, this is the dude who first proposed the many worlds interpretation in 1957. Yes, yes. 
have speculated that both realities actually exist, albeit in parallel universes. Okay. So I think in that thought, uh, basically, every choice we make, there's a reality where we made the other choice, I think. right? Yeah, we talked about uh, the wave thing, I think, for a little bit during that episode when we talked about the world ending in 2012 where like there's a timeline in which the world did end in 2012 right we're in the timeline that it didn't that's where i came up with the idea of uh temporal gateways where you couldn't go behind or go past or either way yes so that's a fun idea but we talked about what's your name broom i don't remember Brume. We, we did talk about her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Welcome back, Mrs. Broom. Welcome back, Mrs. Broom. Uh, anyway, Broom was pretty shocked that such a large number of people could remember the same identical event in such detail if it never happened. So she was encouraged by her publisher to begin her website and discuss the phenomenon that she coined, the Mandela Effect. So she coined it. <laughs> it probably won't surprise you to know that the story of Nelson Mandela is not the only example of this mass false group memory. As the idea grew with the help of Broom's website, other false memories began to emerge. So let's talk about some notable examples of the Mandela effect. I wonder how Mr. Mandela felt about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'd be curious. I, I'm curious. I wish I would have thought of that. I... That's a good question. I wonder if he, uh, like, anybody ever asked him about that in the interview. Hold on. I'm going to look it up real quick. But 2009 to 2013 is... I mean, it's like four years, but it's, like, long enough for him to, like... Yeah. 2009, not that long. Well, like, 12 years ago. Oh, uh, no, nothing really. Okay. Nobody asked him. Weird. Seems like a missed opportunity. So, first up, we have Henry VIII eating a turkey leg. I remember that. So people in the painting. Yeah, people seem to remember a painting of Henry VIII eating a turkey leg. He's fat. He's got the poofy hat on. He's holding a turkey leg. I can actually picture this. Yeah, like I'm thinking in my about mind. it right now. I know exactly what it looks like. He's wearing like a red like coat looking thing, like like reddish. But no such painting has ever existed. Ah. Well, they might now, and cartoons depicting this version of Henry VIII exist, but there is no famous painting. But I feel like I also remember like a like a Bugs Bunny imitating that. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, like for sure. Uh, what's up? Yes. Okay. Sorry. Which is, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> um, moving on. Let's talk about Star Wars. Okay. If you saw The Empire Strikes Back, which you should have, because it's the best Star Wars, and mm-hmm. I will not be acknowledging contrary opinions. Yeah. You probably remember the famous and much-quoted Darth Vader line, Luke, I am your father. Yep, I totally remember that. But you wouldn't actually be remembering it because that's not the line. The actual line when responding to Luke's accusation that he had killed his father, Anakin, Vader says, no, I am your father. Oh, God. Most people have memories of the line being the former one, and it doesn't help that everyone at some point has probably misquoted that scene. Including like... like, TV. Yeah. 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 I don't think I've actually ever seen that one. No? You look really disappointed in me. No, I'm not disappointed. I know you really don't have any interest in... uh... I'm sorry. sorry, The fandom ruined it for me. It is a toxic fandom. (laughs) Uh, While we're talking properties owned by Disney... I'm sure you have watched Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs at some point. Yeah. Or at the very least, you are familiar with it. Oh, I love that movie. Do you remember what the evil queen says to the mirror when she wants to ask it a question? Uh, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? You probably remember the line, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? Yeah. However, the actual line begins with the phrase, magic mirror on the wall magic mirror instead yes magic mirror on the wall who's the fairest of them all you know what and the mirror says felicia i have the uh you're so sweet (laughs) (laughs) i have that on vhs we should try and steal mimi's vhs player yeah her vcr yeah vhs (laughs) i know but like it's just funny to hear it called a vhs player I know it's called a VCR. We should take our VHS player. 
What does it play? I know. No, I get it. It's funny, but I feel like that comes from uh, being having been around DVD players like a lot. You know what I mean? Like never once when we were actively using VCRs, did anyone call it a VHS player? It's just funny to hear them. You know what? You know what the last movie I bought on VHS was? What? Lord of the Rings 2. You know what the last movie I bought on VHS was? What? Fight Club. <laughs> I bought it because I found it at Goodwill on VHS. Uh-huh. So now I own the Blu-ray, the DVD, the VHS, and the book. And the one with the alternative kind of cover. Deadpool on it, right? Oh my god, and that one. Yeah. I never I don't think I've ever even opened that. Nope. Anyway, let's not talk about uh that <laughs> my obsession with owning copies of Fight Club. Uh next up in the realm of processed meats, there is some controversy over the spelling of a certain famous brand of hot dogs. Wait. Meyer. Oscar Meyer. My baloney has a first name, it's O-S-C-A-R. My baloney has a second name, it's M-Y-A-E-R. Close. M-A-Y-E-R. What did I say? M-Y-A-E-R. Wait, I just can't spell. That's not really, that's Um, not Mandela, that's just me. (laughs) It is strange that this line, that this is on the list considering there's a whole song about it. Right. Which you just sang. Terribly. Which, you got the letters right, but I think there was a little uh, dyslexic. Switch of my swapper. We know I'm not great at speaking, spelling, um, writing, arithmetic. But some people claim to remember the brand being spelled M-E-Y-E-R instead of the correct Texas. spelling of M-A-Y-E-R. Maybe they're just making excuses for their shitty spelling. No shade. Lots but of But also, shade. if you think about it, I would say M-A-Y-E-R is Mayer and M-E-Y-E-R is Meyer. So maybe that's where the confusion comes what? from. What? They're both Mayer. I don't know. And maybe it's just dialect. Yeah. Uh, one I was surprised to find on the list was where is New Zealand in relation to Australia? If you look at a map, it's underneath it. Yeah, you'll see that. Or like it, off to the side. Down. It's southeast of the larger country. Right, yeah. but where do people think it is? But apparently, there's a community of people who claim to remember New Zealand being northeast of Australia. No, honey, that's Japan. That's weird, right? <laughs> Like far, I don't think Japan is above Australia. Uh, it, it, I mean, it, it, it is, is above Australia, but in not the sense that it's further not, north, not northeast of it. <laughs> Northwest. Well, anyway. Anyway, um, not where they think it is. Not where they apparently think New Zealand is. Right. So, to clarify, New Zealand is southeast of Australia. I know where New Zealand is. No, I'm clarifying it for the listeners. I just need to clarify that I know where New Zealand I know. is. You right out the gate. <laughs> um, and I don't have to ask this question anymore because you mentioned it, but the famous children's book series, The Berenstain Bears, well, the beloved children's series is not immune to the Mandela effect. Many people, and I'm pretty sure I'm one of them, remember the name being the Berenstain Bears or the Berenstain Bears, spelled with an E instead of an A. I've always thought it was Bear Stain. Uh, again, maybe it's just bad spelling. And I think there was even a cartoon at some point. There was a cartoon? But it's Baron Stain Bears, yeah. Books? Uh-huh. Pretty sure I still have some of those books somewhere. Not a toothpaste, though. Baron Stain Bears. Because toothpaste removes stains? No. There's always, like, a toothpaste associated with, like, kids' shows. But anyway... You're right. It's little bear. Stain with an A. Look, little bear toothpaste. I love little bear. I little, love bear. little bear. I've got your toothpaste. I had his books too. Um. So yeah, this is this in the Oscar Mayer example point at bad spelling. I think rather than alternate realities, but who knows? I feel like it's more like dialect. I wonder if the authors of the Berenstain Stein are like actually like German or something. I don't know. It's more of like. Americans would probably call it Stein, and like Germans would call it Stein. Yeah, but Stein is spelled with an E, you know? Yeah, but then like you Americanize things. Right, but if the authors were German, they wouldn't have Americanized the title of their... But if you, they might have, because like uh, our man Carl Tanzer started spelling his name with K, came to America, started spelling it with a C. I forgot he was from somewhere else. German. Germany. Katanzler. Katanzler. Okay. 
Now, one of the most well-known examples of the Mandela Effect is the collective memory of a movie called Shazam. Apparently, it was a film from the 90s that starred the actor-comedian Sinbad as a genie. And this movie definitely did not exist. However, there was a children's movie called Kazam that starred Shaq as a genie. I remember that, but I also remember Shazam. This could account for some of the confusion, but I'm not sure how you get those two confused. Yeah, but Shaq is like an elite. Okay, I'm a huge fan of Shaq. I love first Shaq. First of all. First of all, love you, Shaq. <laughs> Big fan. I'd love to have you on the show. Yeah, you and Will Smith. <laughs> yes. You guys talk? Shaq and Will Smith. You can. I've, we're going to have to probably get a bigger room if Shaq's going to hang out in here with it. Actually, you know what? He can sit on the couch. That could be his chair. He might be bigger than the couch. He's a big dude. Anyway, I love Shaq. Same. What a, just a real delight. You know he has the world record for the largest purchase made at Walmart? Yeah, it's like $100,000 like $100, yeah. yeah. Ridiculous. Anyway. Anyway, Shaq, big fan. If you're big listening, love you. So uh, we'll get, we're actually going to circle back to that later. To Shaq? To Shazam Kazam. Shazam Kazam. Make okay. that a movie. Maybe no. Shaq and Sinbad can both star in it. Maybe. Now, there is now a movie called Shazam. Shazam 2. Because it's... it's that They made it. It's Captain Marvel. Well, oh, what? Shazam, you know. Shazam! No. He turns into the superhero. Look, I am so far behind on Marvel movies. It's, he's It's a DC movie. I'm so far behind on DC movies. I know it's confusing because his name at some point was Captain Marvel. I haven't even started DC you know, Let alone, I'm so behind on. You know, he's the like last the little kid that turns into the grown up superhero. No, the, you know what the last like superhero movie I watched was? What? I couldn't tell you. It was like oh, nine anyway. years ago. I love Shazam. Well, Captain Marvel. Shazam is the wizard, but he's got like the red. What's the one with Bucky with the arm? Captain America. Yeah. Winter Soldier. Oh, but, maybe you know that he's one. got the red suit and the lightning bolt. Couldn't tell you. You know what? We're watching Shazam. I just started watching TV, although I do spend my time watching uh, Sister Wives. But um, <laughs> saying those episodes of Sister Wives are long, you could get a lot of movies in in those times. Anyway, let's consider with a little more depth the theories behind why the Mandela effect occurs. You sure you don't want to discuss the reasons why Cody Brown's family is just dissolving before our eyes? No, I'm pretty sure. Yes, and I know <laughs> the reason. It's it's Cody. We mentioned briefly that one theory originates from quantum physics and relates to the idea of multiple timelines of events. If alternate realities or universes are taking place, maybe they are mingling with our timeline. In theory, this could result in groups of people having the same memories that differed from the vast majority because the timeline had been altered as we shift between these multiple realities. Okay. Alternatively, and this isn't a theory I've seen anywhere, it's just mostly something I think about sometimes. Okay, I'm so excited. <laughs> Consider that there is a multiverse. Uh, what if when you die, your consciousness lives on by joining with the with the you occupying the next closest reality Ooh, or timeline or whatever? Like that. Maybe the process isn't perfect and you retain some of the memories from the other place. It's unlikely, but it's not terrible as far as theories go. This sounds like um, Star Trek that you're watching. Ooh, yeah. Deep what? Deep space deep nine. Space, deep space nine. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. I catch on. Unfortunately, the idea of alternate realities or multiverses is unfalsifiable. That is to say that there is no way to disprove that these other universes don't exist. When you can't prove or disprove something, I feel like you get into the realm of confirmation bias and you just kind of go in circles. This goes into no like Schrodinger, Schrodinger's uh, multiverse. You can't prove that they exist, but you also can't prove that they don't exist. Right. Speaking of which, the reason such a far-fetched theory continues to gain traction among the Mandela Effect communities is because you can't prove it's not real, like oh we just God, said. Oh my God, I just said that. That seems like a weak reason to subscribe wholeheartedly to something, but what do I know? I mean, people believe that the world is flat, despite... Oh God, I know. Lots and lots and lots and lots of evidence. I mean, you can't prove it's not real, so you can't totally discount the possibility, so that's enough for some people. But and who you doesn't love a good mystery? That the world is not you flat. You can definitely prove the world is not flat, unless... The thing is, like we mentioned, though, with flat earthers, they're a lot more prone to 
to believe other conspiracy theories as well. Like you never just encounter just a flat earther. It's always flat earther, but they also believe other conspiracies. That's true. So I think they're just like prone to believing what, and it's funny too, because those are the people like, well, you believe anything they tell you, don't you? You fucking sheep. And they're like, (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile, anyway, that's a different, hold on. I don't know what they put in them. Their vaccines. Drink soda. Right. Them vaccines is killing people. Literally, like, meanwhile, your liver is screaming out at you because you just constantly, like, shovel it with alcohol. You're on your 64th. <laughs> right. PBR. <laughs> right. <laughs> there seems to be an innumerable number of examples of the Mandela effect across entertainment, logos, and even geography, as well as numerous reasons to explain the phenomenon. Okay. Some we have are we have discussed already, but one interesting idea I encountered to explain the Mandela effect was something called confabulation. And very Zoom tight. Thank you. And before we get into that, I just want to say there's a lot of logos that fall into the Mandela effect category. And obviously, I didn't use them as examples because it's a podcast; it doesn't lend itself very well to like logos to visual stimulation yeah weird but you should look it up because uh i got a lot wrong really i'm sad that i don't get to like test myself look it up i gotta do my own work if you want to test yourself that's the definition of a self-test don't look at me like that confabulation is a symptom of various memory disorders in which made-up stories fill in any gaps in memory the term was coined by German psychiatrist Karl Bonhoeffer in 1900. <laughs> he, used, <laughs> he used it to describe a person giving false answers or answers that sound fantastical or made up. While on first glance, confabulation may seem like lying. What I say? Confabulation? Confabulation may seem like lying, but it only occurs when you have a condition that affects your memory. Okay. This is why confabulation is often described as honestly lying. Honestly lying. It's like they think they're telling the truth, but they're actually. Right. But they don't know that they're not telling the truth. Exactly. And it's not even necessarily that they think they're telling the truth. It's that they don't think they're lying. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, Someone with confabulation has memory loss that affects their higher reasoning. So subconsciously, they create stories in a way to conceal their memory loss. They aren't really aware that they aren't telling the truth. In fact, they have no doubt about the things they're saying, even if those around them know the story isn't true. Sometimes a person with confabulation will only make up small stories to fill gaps in their memory. Doctors refer to these incidents as confabulations of embarrassment. Others resort to telling elaborate stories, which is known as fantastic confabulation. I'm saying. Which is like a great album name. Fantastic I can even say Fantastic it. confabulation. Fantastic confabulation. Now, confabulation isn't necessarily a disorder unto itself. Rather, it's a symptom of some underlying disorder. Apparently, doctors are still working on defining confabulation as well as increasing their understanding of the changes in the brain that, can, that cause it to occur. So, there are a variety of conditions that can lead to confabulation. These include memory disorders, injuries, and mental health disorders. The variety of potential causes is a big reason why doctors haven't identified a more specific cause. However, they do know that most people who have symptoms of confabulation usually have damage in two areas of the brain. Got them. The frontal lobes and the corpus callosum. The frontal lobe is known for its role in memory. The corpus callosum permits communication between the right and left side of the brain. It's lobotomy. Right. Uh, Some examples of conditions that can cause confabulation include, uh, and I'm going to butcher this word. Oh, finally. Even playing field. Let's Uh, do it. Anasognosia for hemiplegia or denial of paralysis. This is a complex cognitive behavioral disorder that occurs after a stroke and removes awareness of one-sided paralysis. So they don't know that they're like paralyzed one side. Which hemiplegia is one-sided paralysis. Uh I'm learning something. Um, Anton syndrome or denial of blindness. 
And this is basically visual anisognosia. But they don't believe that they're blind? Yeah, it's essentially someone reporting that they can see when they can't. So it's... How does that work? I don't know. I mean, I guess... They have a name for it, so apparently it does happen. Right. It's but just, also, like, I'm it's just It's basically trying... blind people like, oh, yeah, I saw this and this happening. And you're like, you didn't see that because you're blind. You y- know? You've been blind. Right. Okay, uh, weird. Capgrass syndrome or the belief that an imposter has replaced a loved one. That's a fun one. Um, <laughs> I have encountered someone. Really? Uh, not necessarily that was diagnosed with this syndrome, but they were convinced that their family had been replaced by demons and they were they were trying to kill them. Recently? Uh within the last three or four years. First job? Yeah. Wow. Uh, when I worked on an ambulance. I wasn't gonna say anything. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Oh, we should do like a whole episode on this, just that one singular thing. Capgrass syndrome? Yeah. I'll look into I it. I might do it. Uh I love weird medical things. There's another thing called Korsakoff syndrome. Say that five times fast. Korsakoff syndrome. Korsakoff syndrome. It's a lot better than anisognosia, which I'm pretty sure I'm still saying wrong. Anisognosia. Surprise, surprise. This is a disorder that primarily affects the memory system in the brain. What? It usually results from a deficiency in thiamine, vitamin B1. Am I taking? No, I'm taking vitamin D. Which may be caused, well, you're doing multivitamins, so you're getting vitamins. Which may be caused by alcohol abuse, dietary deficiencies, prolonged vomiting, eating disorders, or the effects of chemotherapy. So prolonged vomiting would be like, if you're bulimic, you could probably, you could possibly get Korsakoff syndrome, which I feel like also goes into eating disorders, right? Yeah, I feel like those are not necessarily one in the same, but also one in the same. I feel like dietary deficiencies, prolonged vomiting, and eating disorders can all kind of... I'm going to get a dietary deficiency considering... Considering what? I'm not allowed to eat anymore. That's not true. We've been finding all kinds of uh, gluten-free fun. Let's go back to the muffins that I tried to make that turned out to like mashed potatoes. That's not your fault. <laughs> Ask whoever invented coconut flour. Shame on you. Memory disorders such as dementia and Alzheimer's disease, uh, schizophrenia, or split brain syndrome. Split brain syndrome. Split brain syndrome is also called callosal disconnection syndrome. It is a condition characterized by a cluster of neurological abnormalities arising from the partial or complete severing or lesioning of the corpus callosum. See, I like that you were like, split brain syndrome and i was like split brain syndrome and then you had a whole other like i, did, explanation I literally for defined me. it because i knew you were going to ask what it was oh god it's like you know me <laughs> and last traumatic brain injury can also cause confabulation now according to the massachusetts institute of technology oh mit a little place known as mit there exists two main components of confabulation First, a person creates a false response. For example, someone could ask them, where's the best place you've ever visited? They may respond with a story about a trip to Antarctica, including specific details, even though they have never been to fucking Antarctica. I would love to go to Antarctica. The second factor is when they don't think further about what they're saying and go on believing it. You can see how different this is from a person who is knowingly telling a lie. Like when they're like... I know this is not the same thing, but like when they start telling a lie and then eventually they've told it so many times that they believe it. Yeah. It's called faking it till you make it. Ah. Uh, A person who doesn't have a condition that affects their memory or thought process will often respond with, I don't know, when presented with a question they don't know the answer to. (laughs) A person with memory loss or affected brain may instead subconsciously create a story to fill in answers they can't think of. That makes sense. Confabulation isn't always a wild, elaborate story. It can also be a smaller, much more reasonable story. For example, making up an answer on how they got a cut or bruise, telling a story about what they did over the weekend, even though they didn't engage in that particular activity. That's just me when they're like, the people that work are like, what'd you do this weekend? And I'm like, I went to the farmer's market. In reality, I watched eight hours of Sister Wives. I don't think you actually tell people you went to the farmer's market. Oh, no, I tell them. I watch eight hours to Sister okay. Wives. <laughs> I was going to say, some of them might be listening, so 
Anyway, treatment for confabulation usually focuses on addressing the underlying disorder as a means to reduce confabulation. There are also treatment for confabulation focusing on reducing confabulation. What a fucking concept, Confabulation. (laughs) There are also some psychotherapy techniques that may help to correct the symptom. Like what? An example of this is cognitive rehabilitation in which you relearn certain cognitive skills like learning to question the things someone is saying and consider answering I'm not sure or I don't know instead of confabulating. You know what I do at work when I don't know something? Mm. I go, okay. (laughs) Uh, Which is a very fun word to say, by the way. Confabulation. Yes, confabulating. Confabulating. Other techniques include keeping a diary. Ooh. Or having a family member reorient someone with confabulation to their surroundings. This is interesting because with psych patients, uh, you're never supposed to reinforce a delusion. Yeah. You know? Like, oh my god, hey, what's that guy doing in the corner? There's no guy in the corner, and you're like, oh, don't worry, he's here to help me. Like, don't you're not supposed to do don't that. Don't do that. Right. Just like there's now no you're one the in, bad guy. Right. There's no one in the corner. You know? I guess I thought with like Alzheimer patients, you're supposed to like I thought you were supposed to do that. To my knowledge, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to try to reorient them. Or like I saw um Recently, I was watching a video. Maybe it was like some some training or something. And the person, like the lady was, it was like an older lady. She was supposed to be like an Alzheimer's patient. And she's like, no, I don't. I want to go home, blah, blah, blah. I don't live here, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, mom, you do live here. Oh, I Come think I remember inside. that. And the lady's like, no, blah, blah, blah. And then instead of continuously trying to argue, they were like, Okay. Well, let's just have dinner first. And let's then have we'll... dinner first, and then let me make lunch, and then we'll see how you feel after that. Because typically, it it kind of resolves itself, you know. Uh-huh. Now, I'm not saying that everyone who experiences the Mandela effect has some kind of brain damage or memory disorder. Are you sure? Because that's what I was. Getting I just at. think that some appearances of Mandela effect can be attributed to people confabulating. You really just wanted to talk about confabulating, and I know it. It did. Another possibility to consider is misleading post-event information. And this is one of the more interesting things. This is information that you learn from after an event, which can change your memory of an event. This is why witnesses are so unreliable. This can include subtle information that you weren't previously aware of and helps to explain why eyewitness testimony, as we mentioned earlier, can be unreliable. Oh my God, I am so smart. I'm stoked right now. Yeah. <laughs> you just keep coming, man. I'm you sorry, keep hitting I'm good. It. Yeah. Uh, there's also priming. This is interesting, too. Okay, okay. It's kind of the same. So priming s- describes the factors leading up to an event that affects our perception of it. This is also referred to as suggestibility and pres- presupposition. Okay. Priming is the difference between asking how short a person is versus how tall a person is. Because you're, you're like persuading them that there's you're like a suggesting if you ask how short a person is, you're suggesting they're short. If you ask how tall a person is, you're suggesting they're tall, right? Right. Another example would be saying, Did you see that black car instead of did you see a black car? Power of suggestion, my friend. In this way, a subtle suggestion is made that influences your response and memory. Now, it's if like, someone says, Did you see that black car? and you saw a car you're going to presuppose that it was black. Yeah. I was about, I was just about to say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we come to the internet. I'm ready. Mis- misinformation firing away. The ultimate influencer of misinformation ah! or half-truths repeatedly perpetuated over thousands of likes and shares and reposts until it basically becomes true to some people who are participating and a healthy dose of confirmation bias, a.k.a. doing their own research. <laughs> As such, the role of the internet is in influencing the memories of the masses absolutely cannot be underestimated. It probably comes as no surprise that the Mandela effect has grown exponentially in our modern digital age. Not even like... Is that a coincidence, you think? No. <laughs> but like... You'll see like a post on the internet and then somebody will like interpret it as something else. And then 
three shares away, it's completely different. Right. Nobody ever, like, and half the time, people don't even bother reading, like, the whole article. They just read, like, the tagline. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. I've seen whole-ass arguments between people that didn't even, neither one of them read the article. <laughs> anyway, what can we say? The internet is probably the most powerful way to spread information, and with the spreading of this information comes the potential for misinformation and falsehoods to gain traction. Yeah. Naturally, people began to create communities based around these misconceptions, and what was once in the imagination starts to seem factual. Oof. In fact, it's a plague. A large study of over 100, 100, 100. 100 news stories discussed across Twitter conducted over a period of 10 years showed that hoaxes and rumors won out over the truth every time by about 70%. Oh, well, the truth is not exciting. Yes. Sensational journalism is completely, it's like a whole different thing, but... This wasn't the result of manipulation or bots. These were real, verified accounts of actual people spreading false information at a much higher rate than the truth. Yeah. Again, each person chimes in with their own experience or memory of an event. Those false memories potentially affect the memories of other people who then share their memory of the event and so on and so forth and perpetuating the original false memory over and over until it seems like the truth. But perception is reality, I guess, right? <laughs> Man, that was so deep. Thanks, dude. Just like one big run-on sentence. I mean... For example, let's jump back to some of our earlier incidents of Mandela Effect. And right, I right, said right. this was going to happen, and oh, now I'm we're so back. Excited. Sinbad starred pl in plenty of other movies in the 1990s. Mm -hmm. For one such movie called House Guest, he appeared in a movie poster coming out of a mailbox. Ooh. This might appear similar to a genie coming out of a lamp yeah. or something which could possibly explain the original misconception of Sinbad playing a genie. Well, it's also like, um, sorry. It's okay. You, you like, um, Lady Tunes, whatever, they'd always come out of the screen, whatever, and have like those lines. Uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about? The Porky Pig when he came out of the screen. Well, it's like, like the lines it? make it look like it's going smaller in the back, like they're coming out of it. Oh, uh, okay. It's like the same thing. If I could visually show you this, it would be better. I think maybe, yeah. <laughs> I'm not really sure what you're trying to the say. The line of direction. Like, coming out of a mailbox. Oh, yeah. Coming out of, like, the screen. It all looks the same. Right. So, um, this could appear, uh, uh, I said that already, as a genie coming out of a lamp. Um, interestingly enough, Sinbad also dressed up like a genie for an event that he hosted in the 90s. Those two things combined with some confusion with the movie Kazam could explain how the partic that particular Mandela effect was birthed. Hmm. So when one person mentioned this movie Shazam, it altered memories of other people who tried to recall the movie that Sinbad made from the 1990s. Online communities spread this information until it appeared to be factual. Until somebody makes like a whole poster of him in it. And then we talk what? about it on a podcast. And then one thing leads to another. Oh yeah, that's not even to like say photoshop because you know there are trolls out there who will do that just to keep oh, the misinformation going Duh. which is pretty hilarious really <laughs> uh this explanation is supported by evidence that remembering something repeatedly builds your confidence in the memory even if it grows more inaccurate over time so maybe that's why so many of us sing the wrong lyrics to songs for decades before realizing we were mistaken that's a whole other issue yeah <laughs> so as more and more people provide inc provided incorrect details, these became incorporated into other people's memories as facts and strengthened their conviction that they were correct. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's kind of saying the same thing over and over. But anyway, now I want to talk about something that we talked about before. Okay. And it is a perfect example of this. And it's called it was Candle Cove. Okay. Okay. There's entire subreddits of people who remember a TV show called Candle Cove. And it was like a freaky kids cartoon show. And there was like a pirate and like puppets. But there was like something really dark and kind of fucked up and evil about it. Right? Right. Candle Cove was not a real TV show. Candle Cove is the subject of a creepypasta written by a dude named Chris Straub. Who's amazing. I love Chris Straub. We talked about this when. I remember it. Yeah. But when did we talk about it? 
another episode. Oh, maybe it was a Slenderman one. Maybe, yeah, yeah, it had to be Slenderman, yeah. So yeah, this dude wrote this creepy pasta, and now there are people who are convinced that this TV show is real. I can kind of see it in my head. Which I mean, to me, uh, is just. But there's probably a testament like a, to the power of that is Chris Straub. I was gonna say that there's probably like images out there on the internet of like a creepy pirate. Yeah. But yeah, because like that's how I found out about it. Because I got sucked into it. Like Candle Cove, what is that? I need to. And I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. And then I found it, the creepy pasta written by Chris. And I was like. First of all, amazing, because I knew who that was, you know. I have to go, like, read it again, because. To be fair, I found him through Dungeons and Dragons. He was on one of my favorite D&D streams. Yeah? Yeah. It's called uh, Acquisitions Incorporated. The B team. The C team, sorry. (laughs) They're the C team. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, that doesn't have anything to do with it. I just wanted you to know that he's awesome, and I think he's great. Okay. And he wrote it. Oh. And it's a perfect example of what we've been talking about. Yeah. Have you heard of the Russian sleep experiment? Yes. Are you going to tell me that wasn't real? What? I'm asking you, is that like a, are you going to tell me that's just a creepypasta and that it's not real or? It is a creepypasta. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, damn. (laughs) I thought it was like a real thing that happened. Anyway, yeah, I've heard of it. It's awesome. Either way, the Mandela Effect continues to be a hotly debated topic, even with reasonable evidence that it is more likely explained by the fallibility of human memory than something more fantastical like parallel universes. But I guess it's pretty fitting that some people would prefer to believe the fantastic considering what we've learned about confabulation and the telling of fantastical stories in cases of memory loss. The fantastical story of confabulation. I think that's the that was supposed to be the eighth Harry Potter book. Yeah. Harry Potter and the Fantastical Confabulation. Ooh. <laughs> and it had to do with like the time tourney thing, right? Yeah. yeah. But then at the end of the book, uh, something happened where the book never existed so that the eighth book never existed. And then we just start over at the third book. Right. Then again, we don't know everything. Maybe as more incidents of the Mandela effect pop up, more research into the origins will help shed more light on the causes. What is your um your favorite Mandela effect? My favorite Mandela effect? Or like example, I guess. Man, I don't know, dude. I don't really know. Like I don't know that I have a favorite. Oh my god. Do you like do you probably lo- maybe Looney Tunes? I was gonna say Looney Tunes. Yeah. Is it T U N E S or T O O N S? T U N E S. Because it's Looney Tunes. I like I think Looney Tunes is my favorite because uh It makes sense both ways. It's Looney Tunes, like a music, because the stories were also called the Merry Melodies. It'd be Looney Tunes, T O O N S, because they're also cartoons. Right. It's like the um I think it's like the Pringles guy. Does he have a monocle or not? Nah? He doesn't. Same with the Monopoly guy. Oh, yeah, Monopoly dude never had a monocle either, did he? <gasps> I'm pretty sure he had a monocle. Are you sure? No. Better look it up. Ah! Um, I don't know. I know the dude who Ace Ventura knocked out and wore like a scarf. He had a monocle. You get that reference if you've seen Ace Ventura. He doesn't have a monocle. Wow, crazy, right? Oh, he doesn't. Some of them. Wait, hold on. How about Leap Dave Williams? Does he have a monocle? Who's that? Just kidding. Monopoly Man never had a monocle oh or an eyeglass. What? He was never officially depicted with a monocle. I knew that. <gasps> you know how I knew that? How? Because I just wrote a whole episode on Mandela. Oh, effect. my God. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's that's all I got, though. Hopefully, that was at least mildly entertaining. I feel like I mostly spoke, talked about confabulation, but. I love the confabulation. I just wanted to say, I wanted an excuse to say confabulation over and over again for like 15 minutes. <laughs> well, can I ask you some? All right, some, let's uh, do it. Sure. Does, do, you, do you know who Curious, Curious George is? I know who Curious George is. Does he have a tail or not? He does not have a tail. Why wouldn't he have a tail? Because he's an ape. He's a monkey. Is he? He doesn't have a tail. I think he's meant to be like a chimpanzee or something, isn't he? 
That's not a monkey. I don't know. That was pre-Dark Light. Okay. Well, he's an ape, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Is it sex in the city or sex and the city? Sex and the city. Wow. You're smart. Oh, how do you spell Fruit Loops? Fruit Loops. It's F-R-U-I-T-L-O-O-P-S. No. It's F-R-O-O-T-L-O-O-P-S. Yes. Actually, it's what? F-R-O-O-T-L-O-U-P-S. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Fruit Loops. You got me. I was doing good. I was on a roll. <laughs> Pikachu's tail. What about it? What color is it? It's got like a black tip. It is not. It's just yellow. Okay, well, you're asking me to call up the colors of Pokemon in my head. If I could look at the pictures and choose between them, maybe I would do better. Excuse me. We played Pokemon Go solidly I need to for ask, at least six months. I need you to ask me another one because I'm tied up negative oh, and positive. Oh, you're tied now? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Let me find one. Fruit of the Loom. Did it or did it not have a cornucopia? It did not have a cornucopia. Okay, well, now you're winning again. All right, cool. We can stop. <laughs> How many F on double stuffed Oreos? Nope, you should know. Stop. No, nope, we have nope. to know. You should know. We just bought double stuffed Oreos. It's just one F. Winning. Now you're Ooh, up ahead too. Yay. <laughs> I know things. I knew about Curious George. Curious he looks stupid George. with a tail if you think about it. Are you kidding me? He does not. Yes, he does. He's a little monkey. likes to eat bananas. Plus I had a, when I was a kid, I had Curious George I also had books. Curious George books. Well, kind of funny you don't remember he didn't have a tail. That was dark light okay well that's not an excuse it is an excuse like, almost my whole life happened pre-dark light your life not mine anyway uh if you enjoy this podcast you can find us at www.ouroddpodpodcast.com you can also find our links at linktr.ee slash oopp and if you like our intro and outro music which you definitely do because it's awesome you can go to darrencurtismusic.com. Remember, you can rate us on Spotify and iTunes. Yes, you can now rate us on Spotify. So if you're listening on Spotify, give us that rating. It helps us uh, in the long run increase our visibility, which would be awesome. Because we're working on that just doing podcast life. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, that's all I got. That's all I have. So as always, we are the Boneses and, and we, we are, are out. out.